there will be drinking, there will be drinking, there will be drinking and talking about stuff. <laughs> Hi Meredith. Happy Rex Manning Day. Happy Rex Manning Day, Galen. Uh yes. Yep. To Rex Manning. Yep, to Rex Manning. Say no more. Mona more. Which was that spelled correctly? <laughs> we don't know. I didn't, take, I didn't take note of that. I was like, say no more. Cool. Mon. All right. Um, I feel like it's just a m. No, I don't know. I might be dyslexic. I feel like it's a m o r e. That's amore. That's Italian. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> All's well. You talked yourself through that. I did. If we get it out at the end. Logic. <laughs> All right. Well, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a fancy cocktail yes. that I invented. I know. Well, sort of. Uh, <laughs> it's called the Gin Cherry Blossom. Uh, it's got two ounces of gin, a half ounce of St. Germain, an ounce of lemon, three muddled dark cherries, and a half ounce of honey, uh, shaken with ice and strained into a coupe glass with a lemon twist on top. It is good. It's very sweet, but tart. Very good, though. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. tart. So for me, it's got a sour taste to it. track with Meredith. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're doing the gin cherry blossom because we watched Empire Records this week. Yeah. Because it's Rex Manning Day. It's Rex Manning Day, you guys. Yeah. Guys and gals out there. Girls, guys, ladies, gentlemen. It is Rex All Manning Day. All types love him. Mm-hmm. Apparently. <laughs> um, and, like, the title song or one of the most memorable songs from that movie is The Gin Blossoms. Yep. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the title. Because it's, it's played, I think, a couple of times. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's their, like, big song. And so I was like, we should do a gin blossom drink yeah so we do the gin cherry blossom yeah and cherry blossom season yes which relates to our next segment which was we reviewed some music yes we reviewed two albums that came out uh in this last week the first one was uh weezer the white album yep Yep. <laughs> and then the next one... <laughs> baby metal. Baby metal. <laughs> the name of their album was, I think, Metal Resistance. Yeah. Yeah. It is that. It is... Uh, <clears throat> so, well, sorry. My voice is a little cracky, guys. Yeah, because we were screaming the baby metal all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Those Chinese <laughs> soprano front women... <laughs> are way out of our range. Oh my god, yeah. We voice cracking our us when we sang. Yeah, because they're literal babes. They're babies. <laughs> We're going to go over that later. <laughs> so, Meredith, what did you do today? Um, Today I worked. Yeah, normally we're recording this on a weekend, but Mm-mm. we had a busy weekend, and that's the real reason why my throat is cracking. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know, because I... Um, normally do not like going out and doing things every day because I like spending one day being a homebody and being like, yep, this is my place. Yeah, but Meredith... I will clean you and I will cook in you and then I will sleep. Meredith, do you realize we stayed home all weekend? (laughs) We just had a party here. Therefore... how that happened. And then we had like an epic brunch. Yep. And then I don't... On Sunday. That was so, so super easy to whip up. That brunch? That whole brunch. Yeah. It's like no effort. I've 
seriously slaved over brunch. I was going to say, are you being sarcastic? No, no. Oh, because, okay. I've seriously slaved over brunches before, and that was, like, super fast and super easy and, like, yeah, I had no issue with it. We make it. We make a homey home, right? That's why we everyone party here. Oh my god! But then you know, <laughs> now we're on. What is it? Monday, Tuesday, and I'm still suffering from this weekend. I literally lost my voice. Yeah. <laughs> what were we yelling other than baby metal? <laughs> Every song that came on ever. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Well, actually, you know what's funny is for me, it was like an even more epic weekend because the night, Thursday night, you stayed home and like tried to catch up with whatever rest you could possibly get before yeah, the epic I weekend. Yeah, really rough week of work. So. Yeah. And, but it was good. But I went out Thursday night because I went to a funk band covering Michael Jackson at the Brooklyn Bowl. And that shit was so awesome. I mean, it was, you know, it was like a nine piece band with four singers and four dancers yeah but then it i was out all awesome. night and then saturday we were fun. both yeah it, i mean everything was great yeah we're just getting too old i think yep yeah <laughs> and now here we are drinking for a podcast <laughs> the irony we do it for you guys we only do it for you oh yeah i would 100 percent be asleep right now <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of of which, it's kind of a personal question about myself, Meredith. But yes. I've been, as I've been editing the podcast, I've noticed that I say a hundred percent all the time. Is that, <laughs> does that sound accurate? <laughs> you know, you don't realize you say things until you, you listen to your you own listen. podcast. That's true. Yeah, I uh, say literally too much. Oh my goodness! Yes, <laughs> it's so yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's my main thing. I think. I I mean. We all of course, there's other better ways, much, I could improve my matter of speaking in many ways, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that's my number one, and to try and eliminate like as much as possible, but um, that's really difficult, it's and I hard. also know who I hear, I, I've been noticing, because I've been critical, not critical of my voice, but just like wanting to think about it. <laughs> wanting to like, think about it. Yeah. No, go ahead. Um, but I notice men do that way more. Than women do. Say like? Yeah, you just don't notice it because it's a man's voice. <laughs> yeah. People don't question their lexicon as much. Men voices are so much less annoying. <clears throat> <sighs> we both were like, oh, God. People just honestly side over there. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, we don't need to articulate our, our opinions on that. Yeah. But I, it is... It is funny listening to yourself talk for like an hour and saying, God damn it, if you say that thing one more time, I'm going to just... We're not Shakespeare. No one said that. <laughs> we're not pre-writing this conversation. My voice is getting worse as we're talking. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the first segment. No, we haven't had enough of this one. Oh, really? Yeah, we need 15 minutes. Okay, we'll cut that. Like, are we doing that thing where time passes much... Slower than we think it does. What time is it? How long have we been talking? Seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about the photo booth we saw at our party that no one was into. We do have oh, yes. Party. Yes. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> I hope these people don't listen to our podcast. They might someday. 
We're not gonna name any names. We're not gonna name names. But basically, the people who we will be judging the most are not gonna ever listen to this. You're accurate. You're (laughs) accurate on that one, and that's fine. Um, Basically, we had a party in our apartment, and every Friday night, not every Friday night, but frequently enough to mention, Meredith and I will. Just the three of us. Meredith and Jack and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The three of us. We'll get drunk in our own apartment, never leave, look play, fancy. look really fancy, but never leave, yeah. and, and, and dance and take pictures. Yeah. And it's always just like a hot mess. And occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, because I have, um, photo equipment for Toast and Probes, occasionally I'll, uh, put up like a photo booth with the backing and whatever, whatever, and lights, and it's all kinds of fun. And Meredith and Jack and I will take pictures of ourselves. Well. Saturday night, we were like, ooh, let's put up the photo booth so we can all take pictures of ourselves. At the time, we only had three people we over. Had, we had a total group of five, and there was a couple of very awkward things said, and then all of a sudden, as soon as we pulled that out, the whole party is just like, we are not interested in this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally... Well, they just weren't in the mood to party and drink, was essentially yeah. what it is. But then I pull out this photo booth, which weirdly looks like we're about to film a porn. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, guys, let's take pictures of each other. I've got wigs. And people were like, nope, and went right upstairs. And it was like, where'd everyone go? I thought we were going to take pictures of each other. They're like, nah, uh-uh. I saw this on a Lifetime movie in the 70s once. Mm-mm, I'm not letting anybody take pictures of me for art. Anyway, we, we scared them away. And then we proceeded to dress like men and draw mustaches on our faces. And have our own party because well, fuck that. The best part is the persona we came up with in my opinion. Well, eventually, at the end of our like real taking turns of different outfits and wigs and looks, yeah, we decided we're both gonna put suit jackets on, please draw a mustache, put the worst wigs on. <laughs> it was. Let me clarify. It was a Paul McCartney wig and a Lionel Richie wig. <laughs> With our suit jackets. Yeah. They were too big for us. Yeah, it was so bad. And our mustaches made of eyeliner. We became crappy, like the Michael Scott of detectives. Of detectives. (laughs) Do you remember our detective names? Montgomery and Clive. And you were like, you were the studious one who like wrote everything down, and I was always drunk on the job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were the party animal, and I was the straight character. I just, you know. But we were both not straight. You know what, Montgomery? (laughs) It's been a long road. Sometimes I just, I have trouble getting out of bed in the morning (laughs) to come here and to write down notes (laughs) about. Stolen books? <laughs> I just can't anymore. Well, if you don't start getting your act together, then we're not gonna be able we're not gonna be able to investigate a real murder. We're only gonna be doing book thieves. Do you really wanna do that in your whole life? I don't even know what I wanna do anymore, Montgomery. <laughs> I do know I've always wanted to solve a murder though, but I just don't know if it's worth it. I'm so tired of these maybe fucking should, books. Maybe you should commit it. The murder, I mean. Stop filling my head with great ideas, Montgomery. I wouldn't even know where to start. 
That's our problem. I can't even really define how you would go about murdering someone. So how am I supposed to become a murdering detective? <laughs> or a detective of murder? I don't know. It's a good question. God damn it. <laughs> They've got a manual for putting your badge on in the morning, but they don't have a manual for murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> God, Montgomery, I'm so glad you're here. You're the one who keeps me straight. <laughs> no problem, man. Happy to be here for you. Yeah. Do you want to move on to the first segment? Clive. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, what else am I doing with my life? Yep. Yep. Do you think you can at least find that? Find what? You know, I know you can't find a book, but can you at least find well, what the next segment is? <laughs> Yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> you tell me. We're, it's Rex Manning tell Day. Me, prove it. It's Rex Manning Day. <laughs> we watch Empire Records. I've never seen it before. Yeah. So I watched it for the first time. Yeah, yeah this is Team Mom. I'd say it's. Yeah. Team. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so Empire Records is basically like. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alerts. Yeah, basically, it's about a record store in the 90s that's, like, on the verge of the digitalization of music. And there's all these people who work there who are, like, mid-20s kind of, quote-unquote, losers. Yeah, and they each, like, fill their own niche. Like, there's the the grunge girl, and there's the goody two-shoes, and there's the slut, and then there's the, the, like, pothead loser who's into punk and blah, 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 blah. Right. And uh, at the beginning of the movie, one of the employees, Lucas... Who's like a beatnik almost. He Yeah. 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 He closes out the record store, takes nine thousand dollars, knowing that the record store might be bought by like a chain, <laughs> goes to Atlantic City and loses the nine thousand dollars. And then like the rest of the movie is about this one day where they're all dealing with this. I really, that's one of my favorite aspects is I do like That it's all in one day. I do like, I realize I like a movie that's all in one day. Yeah. I like a damn movie. Super bad, days and confused. I just, I think I really like that storytelling device. It's, I mean. It's just, it's also good to fantasize about having an epic day like that. I mean, wouldn't you want a movie like that? Also, the hardest (laughs) thing, the hardest thing I think about writing stories in general or movies is is figuring out an appropriate ending, like Uh making the proper story arc. Uh Um, And when you do a screenplay or story that takes place all in one day, it's so easy to end it because you're like, oh, it's going to end at the end of the day. So I just have to resolve all these issues before the day's over. So it almost speeds things up and it's just a, yeah, it's a really great storytelling device. And I would think it's hard to do, but it's really great to experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to overwhelm it. No, you don't have too many things. You think to yourself like this. Although I did have that thought while I was watching it. I was like, this can't all possibly happen on this one person shift. Of course. Like, this is too many things. I agree with that. And the movie's long. It's like two hours. I think it's only 90 minutes. Maybe Maybe it's two hours. I don't know. You did something really special for this movie, right? Yeah, what did I do? Uh, pretty sure that you wrote a movie review haiku. Let's do it again. Ready? 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 Movie review haiku. We're both bad today. Oh, my voice is bad. That's how we're gonna sound in like a year. Okay, 
so go ahead. All right. So for this, our the special day of Rex Manning. So this is my movie review haiku. On Rex Manning Day, he will make sluts of us all. We say, damn the man. It's beautiful, Meredith. It actually goes perfectly with our drinking game. It does. Basically, our drinking game is that whenever you say damn the man, as an appropriate reference to somebody that the person was talking yeah. about, then the other person has to drink. Yeah. Good rule. Yeah. Pretty easy. Yeah. Right. We just have to re- remember. All right. I can do that. So what would you think of it? Uh, ooh. I fucking loved this movie. And I knew I loved it like 10 minutes in. (laughs) 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, yeah, perfect. Because it just, the writing, like the introduction of Lucas and the way that he spoke and like all of the storytelling tropes and tricks that movies use to like create a really good picture were all there. I I wrote, the second thing I wrote, Lucas is the classic Don Quixote. (laughs) That's deep. Yeah. Like in the first, because... I don't know, there was something about, like, how he wanted to be really, like, noble and, like, do this really great thing to save everyone. And so, like, he got on his motorcycle, which is, like, getting on his donkey, and he went to Atlantic City, and he was, like, full of grandeur. and But he, like, sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, very much donkey. No, I I really love that beginning sequence. I forget how good it is. Mm -hmm. And it's well-written. And his acting is really good in it, actually. I mean, mm-hmm. he's actually just got a weird, quirky character that is, like, I think anything he did in terms of an acting decision would be perfectly appropriate. Right. Because he could kind of go off the rails a little bit. But the way he delivered some of his, like, slogans and catchphrases, catchphrases were pretty fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and I feel like there was even one thing he said in the movie where he was, like, it was something, like, the fat man walks alone, or it's over when the fat man leaves, or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck did he just say? Um, so I Googled it, and it's like a reference to spy movies from, like, the 40s. It's like some kind of code. Yeah, that's so specific. So I just feel like all the things he was saying were was, like, like, deep movie references, or just, like, something that... I don't know. Yeah. It felt very cinematic no. the way his character acted. Oh, especially when he was walked in and he was lucky with everything that happened to him. Yes. I loved that. Yeah. Sequence. Well, and even to tie into the oh, I wish I knew the redheaded guy's name, but he's in all those movies during that era. Um the one oh, who plays uh, Ethan Embry is his name actually. Yes. He was in uh Can't Hardly Wait to, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He when he's standing at the top of the stairs like talking to the audience and he's like but we can't get upset today because it's Rex Manning Day. And then this, like, beautiful music plays. Well, the, the best part of that movie is it is, like, quintessential 90s. I think it was filmed in 90... It was it was released on, in 95. Okay. So that movie is, like, super dated. And that was actually a large part of what I noted in mm-hmm. the movie, which is super hilarious to me, is that it was, one, the very beginning... This would not have been an issue because they would have not had that much cash in the in the store. Yeah, because <laughs> people would use their debit cards. They would have at most four hundred dollars or yeah, thousand dollars. Not but nine thousand dollars, especially in a suburb. There's not people there going to pay cash. People no. are paying with a credit card. I know or a debit card. Second thing. Yes. Second thing is movie stores don't exist. Anymore. Oh, you mean record stores? 
record store. Well, you know what? That place probably still wouldn't be open. Yeah, it would just Ame- be like a... Amoeba's a thing in California, and there's a couple of those uh, record stores around here that are still open, so I guess... But still. Yeah. Uh, it makes me want to have a job again, but only a cool job where I don't have to do anything. Damn the man. Yep. <laughs> uh, what else did I write down? Yeah, no, it did, it did seem like a lot of fun to work there. Yeah. Oh, here's another. Here's a great line from Lucas. Um, I just some of his lines were so beautifully written. Oh, I wrote a great one. Did, did you? you, tell you some let me see if it's the same one. Yeah. Somebody asked him, like, "How did you get that idea? Or why would you do that?" And he goes, "Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear." Is that what you wrote down too? I love it. That's exactly they what They just I appear. That I thought was like, why was that never written before? It was yeah. So, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows where thoughts yes. come from? He's like so deep. That was the perfect response. Mm-hmm. There could not have been a better mm-hmm. response. I, I need to remember that line so I can do it again. <laughs> Goodness. But yeah, that's funny that we both were talking about. I don't think I did too much. Oh, I wrote, uh, ugh, teenagers, da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought just, like, the whole music vibe was very nostalgic. And I was another thing about money was thinking, why does he want to buy that goddamn store so badly? It's such a bad investment. <laughs> damn the man. Damn the man. <laughs> God damn it. Mm. Yeah, I had that thought, too. I was like, you can come in here with your CDs, but it's still a terrible idea. Like, you're in Jersey, you know, in the 90s. I know. And so I I thought of that, but he didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. No one knew that. Oh, my favorite character, because I wrote this down, uh, the record guy, the one who was obsessed with keeping good maintenance on records. Oh, yes. He just had some really beautiful lines that were, like, super supportive of other people. Like, he was all about just everybody being happy, which I know is a pothead cliche, but I feel like it's a pothead cliche that was lost in the 90s, because now we just treat all potheads like they're stupid. Right. But not like they're just, they're just chilling. Yeah, cool no, with I you. knew his shit. Yeah. He was, like, the most, that, those two were the most, the, so Ethan Embry's character and the long-haired Eddie, pizza, pizza the record guy, guy yeah. Pizza record guy. Uh, he, yeah, they, they were the ones that consistently talked about music. Yes. It throughout the whole movie. Yes. So it was like a reminder that that, this was about, yeah, about you're, music. you're right. They didn't really lose that vibe, right. which must be hard. Like it was good. Yeah. Cause uh, they, everything else was about having sex for the first time or liking someone. Yes. And then, or, or killing yourself. Which, how would you kill yourself and go to the hospital and go work? The go next to work day? the next day. That's I all I can think of. Well, unless she like did it and then she didn't have to go to the hospital, or I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, I also wrote down: Liv Tyler does well at being a possibly annoying role without being too annoying. 
Because her character... <laughs> that's true. The things that she does, like, I had a moment where I was like, oh, wow, that's really fucking annoying. But then I went, but this is the first time that I, like, her getting in the car and being obsessed with this dude and only talking about him and only wanting, like... And then she ends up trying to throw herself towards Rex Manning, right. the pop star who comes right. to visit the record store. She wants to, like, lose her virginity to him. And then he acts exactly how you think he's going right. to act. And she, like, runs away crying, and then she's on speed. And, like, halfway through that, I was like, if this was anyone else, I would just fucking hate her and not want her to do well. But be- but Liv Tyler somehow makes you, like, all right, at your trouble. Yeah, her voice doesn't ever really get to an annoying decibel. I think it's just because her voice is kind of the same. Yeah. She doesn't really have inflections in her voice. There is She cries a lot, too. But, she does, yeah. But... She doesn't ever wail or get too overly dramatic, but my, one of my favorite scenes is with her and and when her like end up ending up being her love interest AJ in the beginning, mm-hmm. and AJ's trying to tell her that he loves her is like is that he is so mad at her that she doesn't even want to talk to him, but she's clearly not interested in talking to him the entire time. Yeah, she's like not she's right, like, now. Not right she's now. She's crying right, right now, and then he just says, "I love you." I'm like, "What? How do you think you're gonna get a good response?" Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that they're like, "Well, AJ's been there." What? What did they keep saying? Five years? Yeah, or something like that. I don't know. So he's got to be like at least 24, right? Probably. Yeah. I would I would say a little younger, maybe. Maybe. Because they probably hire, um, they probably hire... Well, Warren was like, like 15, 15. or 16. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. So then it's appropriate for him to love her, but I don't know. I was just, yeah. And I was just like, what? what? What's wrong with him working in this record store for five years? It seems like a great job. <laughs> Like, I would love that Especially job. since he's an artist. He could be making, like, it never specifies the fact that he's not making money on the side, you know? Yeah, well, he wanted to go to and, art school. Well, the funniest part about the whole movie is he's constantly making art the whole time. I'm like, does this guy ever work? Yeah, no, nobody works, really, except for Renee Zellweger. And even Embry, he's always on even the Embry sales floor. Even Embry is always working. Mark, Mark is his name. Mark. Mark is always on the sales floor. Eddie works hard, the pothead, and Renee Zellweger. And uh-huh. that's it. That's it. Everybody else just fucks around. <laughs> yeah. Everyone They're terrible else, employees. Everyone else is on the sales floor the whole time. But I mean, or not on the sales floor, but especially AJ. He's never out there. No, he doesn't. He he spent hours gluing quarters to the floor. Yeah, he's never out there. And then and goes, oh, well, I don't have to explain my art. You do though. <laughs> you, I, I mean, unless it's apparent as to what it is, you have to explain the concept behind your art. That one was apparent. I mean, he was gluing quarters to the floor. No, so that way the kid could could. That's not art, then. That's a prank. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. No, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. But it was it was funny the way he. I mean, it was fitting for his character to be like yeah. that, you know, because he, he was a little dopey. Yes, he was cute, and I liked him, but he was a little. He was a little dopey. Yeah, he was. An, he, he was a moron. The fact that he was supposed to be the heart, the like proposed heartthrob, I would think of the movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm pro Lucas. I don't know why. Oh, I'm also pro Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. He's my Even favorite. though he's. I mean, he's not attractive he's to not, me. He's not that attractive. I mean, he's not. That's why I put in my notes, Lucas, attractive question mark? Attractive question mark? I couldn't decide. Attractive? <laughs> um, 
yeah, he's not attractive to me physically, but his his character's super fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know he's the stoner in um he's the stoner in Dazed and Confused. Is he? Yeah. You know you know which one I'm talking about with the really long hair? No. He's always he's like he's literally I said literally again. He's <laughs> um in almost every scene of the movie. Oh, yes, Sorry. I know exactly Sorry. who you're talking about. Forgot about that. No, it's okay. Sorry. And yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, oh, also, AJ. It seemed like he was saying at the end of the movie. So, in the end of the movie, Liv, Liv Tyler is like, oh, yes, I am in love with you too. I'm so right. And then he's like, it's like, he's like, it's no big deal. I got, I'm going to go to Boston for uh, art school. Does he say he got in? Yeah, I had that same thought, too. I was like, wait a minute. In the span of time that you've, like, resolved and you're cool with this woman probably not being in love with you or whatever. And in, in this this 30 seconds, you've managed to apply and get into an art school that's near her? Yeah, that's what was blowing my mind. I was like, even if you did it the same day, you would not have found out the same day. That no. Well, I mean... I guess depending on what type of art school. I mean, art institute probably would reject you. Oh yeah, I don't know how it works. Yeah, I didn't go to art school. But there's certainly art schools you need to get into. Yeah, I don't know. I, and if he had that plan worked out all along, I don't know. It was just yeah. It was very. It was a very ridiculous. silly wrap up line. Yeah. Um, also, this is the, this is the last thing about Joe and buying this fucking place. He says, uh, oh, because uh, Warren comes in at some, so Warren is this little kid that wants a job there mm-hmm. and held them at gunpoint. Yeah. So. And everyone's cool thinking, with that. I'm just thinking when he decides to buy this place, I said, one, it's a bad investment. Yeah. I, if you You're getting the, robbed. If you knew the future, <laughs> you would know that it's a bad investment. And two. You are employing people who are fucking criminals. Oh my god, yes. I'm, I'm serious. The fact that you would hire somebody that just held you at gunpoint is ridiculous. I know. I'm sure that people, I, I'm actually, as I'm saying this, I'm sure there's those people in the world who have done that. And they're, probably, they're amazing people. Who've, who've robbed places at gunpoint? Yes. I, uh, I mean, that takes a lot of balls. Yes. <laughs> like, but I'm sure people have done it. Whatever. I'm just saying. No, it's, it's totally crazy. ridiculous. And but I mean, <laughs> but that's the whole point. Like the record store is the band of misfit toys, and so they were like, "We see our trouble in you, Warren. Right. And you can be one of us. Yeah. Whatever. And that's all he wanted. He just wanted to be one of them. <laughs> That's all he ever wanted. Oh, also, yes. too, Liv Tyler gets naked for Rex Manning so quickly. Yeah, she didn't even warm him up. Damn the man. Damn the man. <laughs> Rex Manning. Uh, so, Is that what they're saying? Damn the Manning? <laughs> no, they're just Damn saying. the man saved the empire. Oh, yes, that's right. Which... Like, I completely forgot about button makers until I saw that movie. Oh, I haven't yes. thought about button makers for 10 years. Yeah, people still do it, though. But the re- Oh, the other thing is, the reason I brought up her getting naked with Rex Manning is because there's then right after that, there's a dance scene where that AJ puts music on and is trying to be a jerk because Liv Tyler doesn't love him. Yes. 
and they he takes his shirt off, and then someone else takes their shirt off. Those people got naked so easily. In the middle of a record store. Yeah. The employees got naked in the middle of the record store during business hours. It was at like one in the afternoon. I'm not saying he he didn't get actually naked, but he took it. They all took their shirts off. They took their shirts off. Really just. Men and women. It's just mind blowing. They were dancing to say no more, mono more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is true. That is what they were dancing to. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But I did love all of the dancing montages. I loved every montage. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of them. Yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> it was so good. It, was, it made me smile on the couch. It is definitely, and it's also the kind of like rom-com, uh, like good, feel-good movie that you don't really feel like you're eating candy that much. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, like, sometimes you feel like, this is too sweet. Yeah, my teeth hurt. That one doesn't, you don't feel that. Yeah. Probably because the soundtrack's good, too. And the acting isn't terrible. And it's also not, it's written in really charming cliches. Right. But not spent annoying cliches. Yeah. How you can differentiate those two, I have no idea. I'm just telling you my feelings. (laughs) Someone might be like, that movie is the most, like, trite piece of shit. Oh, a lot of people. This is really terrible Metacritic ratings. Really? But user review, very high. Very high. Like, eight points. Well, those Metacritics don't always know what we like. Yeah, no, it's a big cult following. Mm -hmm. It's got one of those. It's it's just, that's why there's a Rex Manning Day. That's why we're celebrating it. Damn the man. There would be no other reason to bring up this movie if it wasn't that people loved it. Yeah, of course. So. I've heard of it. I just never, I never jumped on board. Yep. Anyway, let us know what you guys think. Are you big Empire Records fans? I would guess that you peoples are. Or yeah. you should just watch it and you will be. Yes. I would guess that you peoples are. I would guess that you peoples are. And then <laughs> and tell us if you are or if you're not or if you hate us. Whatever. Yeah. I'm encouraging negative reviews. I don't know why, but every time I'm like, yeah, tell us you hate us. Well, one star would be better than no stars. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I look on podcasts on iTunes, I legitimately go, wow, this one has one star. <laughs> and 300 reviews. I'm going to listen to that one. At least once. I'm get. I don't know. I've never seen that. Let's Google. Research team. Research team. Assemble. Assemble. <laughs> Get together now. Yeah, that's how it goes. I'm gonna record it later. Meredith, do you wanna know what I just did? What? I think you should just look at my computer. <laughs> <laughs> do you see what I did? You Googled Google. I Googled Google. That's funny. I went to Google something and then I just typed Google in. Because oh. I was thinking to myself, I gotta Google this. <laughs> Fucking research team. They're useless. Moving on to Weezer Baby Metal. Weezer Baby Metal. Now, we're not, like, particularly huge fans of these two bands or anything. It just happened to be that the albums are coming out this week. We kind of wanted to talk about something new in music. Yeah, and I mean, I was definitely interested in both of these albums. Yeah. Just for, like, listen. Yeah. Uh, baby metal mostly just out of fascination because, like, yeah, Korean music. They're Japanese. Up. 
Well. Oh, but you love K-pop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but also just in general, both of them. It's just, they crack me up. And um, the Weezer one, I mean, we used to love Weezer in high school, so yeah. it was fun to revisit and mm-hmm. kind of be like, wow, I don't like the same music kind of thing. That I used to like. Yeah. 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 Well, okay, so the drinking game for this segment is going to be about lyrics, sort of. We'll be making a rhyme uh, with what the other person says sporadically. Yeah. Uh, And if we can't think of a funny rhyme or any rhyme, then the other person has to drink. Yeah. We just, these, both these albums had pretty silly lyrics to them. Oh, yes. Like, super silly. Uh Uh-huh. So we were like, why not make a drinking game where you have to say silly Things that rhyme. Yes. Yeah. It made sense in my head. At the time, it rhymed. It rhymed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it rhymed to rhyme. So, let's go over baby metal first. Yeah. I mean, the, my favorite thing about them, in terms of the silly lyrics, too, is yeah. that not only are they doing metal music, and they're essentially babes, they also are talking about literal baby music. Yeah. I mean, baby stuff. Baby stuff. That's what's so great. Yeah. Like chocolate and toys and bubbles and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. We should play a clip. I agree. Yeah, and I mean, it's in Japanese, but the lyrics translated are like, we have some here for a song called uh, Awadama Fever, and it's like, if we open the secret box, we can fly off anywhere, it's a mint-flavored time machine, we can go anywhere, our hour bubble ball fever, our bubble bubble ball fever, our hour bubble ball fever, bubble ball bubble ball fever, and then the next lyric... What, what, what are we working... What's the bubble... Bubble ball. I think it means like bubblegum chewing gum. Oh, yeah. It says, oh, yeah. Fly off. Chew, 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 chewing gum. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Go, go, going up. Oh, yeah. Fly off. Bap, 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 bubblegum. Oh, yeah. Right now. Go, go, going now. Yeah. I'm sure it probably makes more sense, like, in Japanese. Syntax wise. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Totally stupid. Why would I sing about Unless you were a child. Well, they are all 16, and they, I mean. They still have more mature thoughts than this, but it's totally, it's the most hilarious gimmick ever. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me how much those bands in Asia are produced. They're pro- they're definitely like products. Uber produced, yeah. yeah they're commercial, fictional commercials of musicians. Even more so than in America or, or Europe. Yeah, like because those people, I think, yes, there's um, there's stage moms and stuff like that. But I, I legitimately think most of those people want to want to have a career in singing or whatever mm-hmm. they get into. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy to me. It, they're literal products. I hope they're. I hope they enjoy themselves. Well, from what I've read, they seem to be having lots of fun. You know, they're touring the world, and they're like on the on the international charts, like high, like yeah. number two or something. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, okay, so I wrote down notes while I was listening to it. 
And I wrote, I'm always impressed by a double bass drum, which is that like the thing that defines metal is the percussion drum having two kick pedal basses. Right. And that's where you get that like kind of thing. Right. And then, you know, um, and I'm just, the fact that you can drum at a really, really high tempo and you have two feet drumming that no, quickly. It's, yeah. It's you're not a human, right? <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, and I also said that I think I enjoy metal as long as there's no growling vocals in it, which in this there's not. Yes, it is like a mashup. Yeah, a little I bit. Appreciate that. It's what I think I wrote that. It's like anime with a little bit of metal. They don't mess with pedals. Oh, <laughs> I was reaching. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there was a song that, that the speed of the song gave me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have a couple of those. And I was like, sure. you know, every song does sound slightly different, <laughs> but not totally different, but a little bit. <laughs> um, and I kept like, as I was singing, cause I was singing in Japanese and maybe this is just a moment of my childhood or a total generalization, but I just kept hearing Inuyasha over and over again. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, I don't know. And then, and then at the end I wrote, Bill and Ted would love this band. Ooh, yes. Like, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I feel like they're the future, too. I feel like this is the future. I feel like we're all Baby metal. be listening to weird Asian music soon. It's just gonna be a thing. I'd be into it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I've seen some some K-pop stars that look like they're a good time. Yeah, it's just it's really funny to me. Anyway, yeah. I enjoyed it, and uh, I suggest at least a listen. All right, Weezer. What did you think of that album, the White Album? I liked it. Yeah, I would. I didn't love it. I wouldn't put it in my like archive of albums to listen to all the time. But I enjoyed it. I ran to it, and I actually liked some of the lyrics in uh, some songs that I think you thought were really silly. Yeah, I think they're all really silly. But I think because, I don't know, he's trying to tell the story with metaphors, but not doing it well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, sometimes you could just tell an actual story normally if you're going to do that. But kind of, and he just says anything. Yeah. He says anything he thinks about, and he doesn't edit. Um, and so that's part of it. It's just, some of it is just crazy. Um, I wrote, like, some, I just took a couple of snippets from different um, different songs. I actually, I think my favorite song was probably their most mellow song, and like, the most lyrical, where it wasn't so much of trying to be, like, this L.A. beach pop rock. Um, was called Jacked Up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that song. It was, it was like, it's, the lyrics seemed the most normal, too, when we listened back to it. But here's one that cracked me up. It's from their second track called Win in Our Sale, and it's Ossification Wiped Out the Tiger Shark. Let's try to save their souls and trust the man with the Torah. And then there's like a whole bunch of other allusions to Darwin and Mendel and cloud formations and wheelchairs. And for what reason would all of that stuff need to be in one song? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of got like an REM thing going on, yeah, right? I guess that's true a little bit. Yeah, I mean, 
when I think about the language that used to really impress me when I was 14 and 15 years old, this was it. Like, oh man, this is a guy who's writing about like smart stuff and I'm 15. So, I mean, if you're talking about Weezer like capturing the identity of the American 15 year old in the suburbs, they've yeah. nailed it. They keep nailing it over and over and well, over again. Kind of and actually, the funny thing is, you bring up REM, but for some reason, I think of uh, Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. Also, Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. There's a little bit of OK Go in there, which is riding that, right. like, old train of, of like, there's a little Blink-182 in a lot of the guitar chords. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a revival album. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I like, so they've actually had, this is their fourth self-titled album, actually. So it was the first one was the Blue Album, which was their very first album, and really my favorite album. It came out in 94, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was the Green in 01, the Red in 08, and now this year. So this is the last, it's been eight years since their last, last self-titled album. And I like that they also did an album after Hurley from Lost. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, they did an entire album about Hurley? Kind of. That's yeah, amazing. Then, yeah. I don't think the whole album's about him, but he's on the cover of that. He's, like, the main uh, album art. Yeah. And it's, it is named after him. And they definitely do some songs about him. So, yeah. yeah. That's totally r- ridiculous. But other than that, yeah, it just seems like something I would have heard in the soundtrack of OC, which they were for sure on the soundtracks of the OC. Yeah. You, did you have friends that listened to the OC soundtrack? I listened to the OC soundtrack Everyone in high school. did, man. Yeah, I fucking love the OC. And Franz Ferdinand, <laughs> Modest Mouse. Like, those were all excellent songs. Yeah, and, and they still are. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just reminds me of that. And they, I think they were definitely had to have been They were, yeah, 100% on it, yeah. Um, so it just reminded me of that and... I don't know. It's just not the type of music that I listen to anymore. So it was like a little, it was, yeah. I mean, not in a great way. So that's why I was a little bit like, okay. Oh, I enjoyed the reminiscing. Yeah, it was just like, it was just repetitive, you know? Where even the Blue Album's repetitive a little bit. Oh, maybe not, actually. Okay, so I was never really a fan of Weezer. Uh I saw them perform once and they're amazing entertainers. They're really fun to see live, but I never listened to their albums. I never really got into them. Right. So I think I expected this when I went into it. Okay. I was like, oh, I know what Weezer kind of sounds like. Yeah. And I expect them to produce that again. It's just better to have, like, they just seem to have kind of the same note. And that's why I mean. They used to have a little bit more variation. So that, I think that's why I like that one song, Jacked Up. Because it seemed different. Because it seemed different than the rest of the songs before or after it. In the well, album. what were the reviews on that? Because I knew you only read the reviews. Ah, uh, that they were trying to essentially return to form, and it was just moderate. Like it was not anything amazing. So it's very formulaic. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't anything amazing. So yes, technically, it's in their wheelhouse. It sounds more like them. The last couple albums did. Uh, it still is just mediocre. I was, and I had that thought too when I was listening to it. I was like, what bands from that era have evolved to continue to be good bands? And that's well, a rarity in the, in shins, the business at all. The shins. Had Death Cab for Cutie come out of an album since then? Yes, they did then. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think who else actually. They did, the and their music has evolved. And I, I mean, I. But then again, their music is always going to be kind of this, like, mopey teenager thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've evolved. Yeah, I would say yes. They just, they haven't 
evolved to the point where they're mainstream. Right. But I guess they never really were. No, they never Lyrically, were. though, Death Cab, I think, is fucking oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're good at metaphors and building a story. I know, that's normal. what I was thinking of when and you said that. normal words. I mean, the other thing is, is they have a lot of references to religions, and I don't... Are they religious? I think they're Jewish. Okay, but they're referring to a lot of different religions. There's a mention of Hare Krishna. Yeah. There's a mention of, I mean, God in general. There's another place somewhere in one of these songs, and I just... It's just... Super silly. Oh, thank God for girls. This is the lyric uh, that I thought was maybe the most ridiculous part of the whole album. See, I actually really love this lyric. It's so redundant. Look, all right. The girl in the pastry shop with the net in her hair is making cannoli for you for your taking for that. A making a cannoli for your take on your hiking for you to take on your hiking. Okay, just hiking trip. In the woods with the boys. Bros. Bros. Okay, you just... Did you not just copy and paste, or did I type it like that? I think you typed it like that. Okay. Uh, in the woods with the bros that you've been known since second grade, and you may encounter dragons or ruffians or be called upon to employ your testosterone in a battle for supremacy. It's the most ridiculous. I love it. I know, but why are you bringing cannolis on your hiking trip? That seemed weird. Um, and also, I'm going with my bros. I don't know. Nobody proudly, proudly proclaims, yo, I'm going on a hiking trip with my bros. Yes, oh, I 100%. No, bros do not call each other bros. They, I don't know, maybe they do. They do. Oh, I can guarantee you that there's a whole population of men who live in Murray Hill who have a pair of bike hiking boots for bro hiking trips. And that's what they call them. They call them bro hiking Ugh. trips. That, that's why I love this lyric is because those guys exist and are awful. I don't even and it was like it. the girl in the pastry shop and it's like every – it's very – this lyric is very Brooklyn and maybe you just haven't lived here long enough. I don't know. But the girl in the – like pastry shops in Brooklyn are fucking everywhere. It's <laughs> cupcakes. It's cannolis. It's everything. And then you go on your hype, hiking trick with bros you've known since second grade like – you may encounter dragons or ruffians. I don't know. All I could think of was GOT and call upon to employ your testosterone in a battle for supremacy. It is 100% saying, like, basically that it, all the bros are moving to Williamsburg. That's what I saw that line as. I was like, yep. That's all it means. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> that was my lens. But again, maybe that made it more enjoyable for me and maybe it means nothing. Yeah. But I really love that song because well, I was like, yeah. I think the thing is, for me, too, it seems very young. I mean, they even And they're, they're not young. Yeah, that was something else I struggled with because they kind of had songs so about, like... this song, to me, if it was in an adult lens, I would be like, yes, I get this. Mm-hmm. This is, like, a child has, has written this. Like, a 17-year-old. Well, it's also said very fast. His singing is almost like a rap. Yeah. But, the, I mean, he even has a song about the prom. Yeah, no. There's a lot of songs about, like, unrequited love and your mom and stuff that yes. only teenagers would care about. Yeah, I know. That's that's the part that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way in that, in that sense. Um, yeah, I, I can't say. I'm like, if you're going to be men who are, I'm presuming you're, like, in their late 30s, early 40s, like, you can write a song that has the same amount of, like, that has the same exact structure of this album and write about, like, having kids. Yeah. And it's fine. I, I, I really like songs about kids. 
And there's not enough of them. Why don't people write about their kids enough? I don't know. I feel like Dave Grohl does. Yeah, I want more. He loves his kids. I love songs about kids. They're the best. Foo Fighters is a band that has evolved. Yes. I love the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It, there's, ton, there's tons of bands that have evolved. It's just this. They have not. And they've progressed because they're children. They've made children's albums. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you're really mad at Weezer for not following through. All of a sudden, I am mostly because I'm realizing how childish it was. I feel that's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. It, it maybe maybe I'm discussing it right after Baby Metal doesn't help because <laughs> <laughs> you're associating them. Yes, but Baby Metal, <laughs> Baby Hillbilly Rock, or whatever this is called, Beach Rock, the uh, Hillbilly Rock, Rockabilly, whatever. Get I don't know. Air, why don't you give me an Amber Bach? No. <laughs> Fine. All right. Well, maybe you love the Weezer album. And yeah. It's, no. Maybe it's your anthem. Yeah. I don't know why. I just got more mad about them being children. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. I don't know why. I understand. Maybe, also, like, you're 40, 40 year old men. It's yeah. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I agree. Um, anyway, so, yeah, those, those are our opinions. You can... Oh, strictly opinions. Feel free to agree or disagree. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you can do that on our Twitter account, TWBD Podcast. Research team. Research team. Wait, what are we calling them for? I just wanted them to remind us what, uh, our Facebook page is. <laughs> our research team would also like to remind you that our Facebook page is There Will Be Drinking, a podcast. Yes. And there there will be photos of me and Meredith partying this weekend on, guys, on that Facebook page. Montgomery and Clive. Montgomery and Clive are coming to you to a Facebook near you. To a Facebook news feed that you can't escape us. We're going to find who stole those books, goddammit. Yep. Are you good at tomatoes? No. Nope. <laughs> also, follow us on our Instagram. There will be drinking. Yes. Oh, amazing. And you can see photos of our, our drink this week. And, and the recipe. Leave us some comments. Tell us how you feel. Give us and one also, star and tell us that we're racist. Yes. And just tell us even what if you there's something you want us to talk about yeah if there's something we're coming happy. out or something that you a cult we're happy love you have audience suggestions because we're we're perfectly perfectly fine yeah we promote that because we're running out of things to do that's not actually true <laughs> no but you know it's <laughs> trying to get those those click hits you know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. We're not. We're running out of things, and we're never going to record this again unless you unless come you and save us. Follow us and save comment. Save us. And save our share. podcast. Share with us. Share our, save our podcast. Okay. Okay, guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. What are they